0: I'm Zibby Owens and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Today's episode has been sponsored by Pediatrician In Your Pocket at dr-jen.com. Dr. Jennifer Trachtenberg is a mother of three and a 20-plus year pediatrician, board certified, who has called all of her amazing advice and made a series of five-minute videos on everything from feeding and sleeping to safety and all types of parenting issues, which basically every parent out there can use, especially in the middle of the night when you can't reach your pediatrician. So this is like a must... Do And she's offering a discount to everyone with code PIP20. PIP20 is the code to get 20% off of all of her modules. So definitely go to doctor gen.com and check it out. It's also on a link in my website too, zibbyowens.com. I'm excited to be here today with both the authors of The Woman in the Park. Teresa Sorkin and Tulan Holmquist are co-authors of both the novel and the screenplay for The Woman in the Park. Tulan is an investigator, writer, and actress. Originally from Sweden, Tulan has a master's degree in political science from the University of Florence with literature and language degrees from universities in France and Italy. She has also studied screenwriting and acting at NYU and BU. She currently lives in New York with her husband and two sons. Teresa Sorkin is a TV producer and founder of Roman Way Productions. A graduate of New York University and Boccioni, I guess, Bocconi University of Milan, Teresa started as a journalist for RAI TV, for which she hosted her own show. She currently lives in New York with her husband and two children. So welcome, Teresa and Tulane. Thanks for coming on, Moms. Now time to read books. Thank Thanks. you for having us. We Thank love you. the podcast, so we're so excited. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm like deep in my head in The Woman in the Park, having just (laughs) finished it. So I'm like really eager to talk to you about it. Okay, can you tell listeners, please, what The Woman in the Park is about?
1: Well, it's a psychological thriller about a woman who is in her 40s and sort of dealing with a new stage of life. And she meets a man in the park one day and her life sort of unravels and there's, Lots of mystery, but it's also mystery of who she is as as a person, and we slowly find that out as the book goes on. Which is hard to say too much because there's a lot of things you want to find out because it's sort of twists and and things like that.
2: So maybe it's it's a mix between a whodunit and a who am I? <laughs> That's a, nice. and a psychological component, in which we we really wanted to bring out this woman in the middle of her life and. And it's set in New York, so the park is Central Park. So as many ask, <laughs> "The park is in." Yes, I recognized many.
0: <laughs> like which playground are they talking about? <laughs> so, how did you two find each other, and how did you decide to embark on this project?
2: We met in the park, actually. No way, we did. (laughs) We're moms. Well, my mom's at the same school, Mm -hmm. the Italian school, uh, in this uh, area, actually, where we where the book is is set, And and I live in that area too. So it's it's a very familiar
1: place. We spent a lot of days where our children played in that park, and. And both Tulan and I are so i i 'm a TV film producer and writer, and Tulon's a writer a screenwriter an actor and so we were an collaborating investigator, yeah. an <laughs> investigator that's yeah. that's an important that's part <laughs> private investigator and we were just basically working thought we'd work on something together and we we were working on something else and then the story sort of came to us one day. Well, tell me more about that. How did it
0: come
2: to you? Tell me about that. Where did it come from? We, we, we talked a lot about, like, you know, ourselves and how we connected. And, and I think we both connect. We're both very empathetic and, yes. and can feel a lot. And it's kind of at this stage in your life when you have kids. And and this woman, Sarah Rock, she's married. She has two kids. And, and the kids are getting a little bit older. They're time to move on in some ways. And it's you kind of find yourself looking at your own life and who am I what did I want to do where do I want to go and and you're kind of at a different stage in life but you're still the same person inside in some ways but in other ways not so it was kind of and, and there was actually a woman that we used to see in yeah. the park that kind of sparked our imagination let's put it that was the seed and it was she was she always was by herself she was
1: alone in the park beautiful blonde you know woman and we just started to both of us imagine what her story would be, what she was really doing. She, she was there quite often, like, and...
2: and we had different versions, yeah. actually, what we, we thought. So that was like, oh, this is interesting, because, right. you know, and, and one of us thought, oh, she's talking to herself, the other one thought she was on the phone, and we saw her all the time, and it was just this kind of very different, she seemed to, to maybe not know who she was or where she was, and it was just an interesting, what if, what if that were me? What if I don't really know what, you know?
1: And then I have a good friend who's the head of Bellevue Hospital for 25 years. His name is Dr. Simuna Med. So I, we started asking him questions about what a certain disorder would look like in in that space. And what if this woman had something like that? So we did a lot of case study research to really get the psychological component perfect because we didn't want to, you know, make it seem frivolous or just brush upon it. It it needed to really feel real for us. So, yeah.
0: Was Therese Redken one of your favorite books? How did that, Emile Zola, it was scattered at the beginning of every chapter. You had a little quote and it coursed throughout the book. How did you pick that?
1: So I love Therese Redken. It's one of my favorite all-time thrillers ever because it's about again, this madness and, and this thriller, like cause for me and for Tulan when we were discussing it is that sometimes just the thrilling, like what's going on inside of you is so much more scary than what's actually happening outside in Wichita's Rekha. And that was happening quite a bit. And so we really wanted her to have something that she, she would go back to. And we tied in a lot of her imagination with what was happening in the book and the characters. and
2: It's kind of like a mirror to her yes. story in, in some ways and that's the kind of the she goes to the park to read so that is the, the, the kind of the anchor that brings her, that follows along the whole story. Mm.
0: And you talked a lot about when Sarah is sitting outside Central Park where she used to play with her kids and her character she's feeling a little bit sad, a little piece of melancholy as she's sitting there and you say, she reflects how, I'm quoting, she remembered those days fondly, and she had felt a slight pang of jealousy as she, as she had once also had so much hope, so much engagement with her life. The kids had needed her. Eric had needed her. Life had been so busy, so full. She'd taken it for granted that it would always feel that way. And now, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so did you draw on your own experience, or your? how old are your kids? Or do, Is this from a place of... You know personal experience or how you imagine this
2: time of life might be i think we both have have definitely we've talked about this mm-hmm. a lot there's a kind of when the kids are very small you, you're it's such a full and intense life and you're kind of like almost you want to get out of that stage but then it's then it shifts so quickly my kids are a little bit younger than teresa's yeah. i have a 12 year old in a, um, a few more weeks he's going to be eight Eight. <laughs> so I think, it, I think I
1: drew upon the sadness more because my kids are a, a bit older. My son's 16 and my daughter's 13. So it's sort of when they're little and you're in the park and you're you're living in the moment a lot more than when they get older. As they get older, you're living not as much in the moment because you're planning, well, they're going to have to go to college and then what? And that's, you know... In the park, it's the moment. Are they going to fall? Are they playing? You're talking to your friend. It's, it's really sort of, um, I would say, hold on to those moments because they're so precious and special. And then it does become a little sad. It's exciting to think your your children are successful and they're moving on and they're doing wonderful things. But it is sad to think that, you know, they won't be there for you to take to the park as you did once upon a time so that was I think more me in the moment today as you know and you in the future maybe
2: uh, it's <laughs> well, it's I think future. it's the nature of human beings I mean it is constant change and we have different phases in life so we, and and there's always you know, the, the light and the dark and, and good things and bad things but with kids it gets so it's true when they're small it's so you have to be in the moment you can't really be anywhere else because it's always ever-changing but but then they t- they, you want them to go on and live their lives. But it's an adjustment, I think, <laughs> as a parent. It's
0: <laughs> you said on this topic, you said no, in the book, no one had ever told her, meaning Sarah, that being a parent involves so much loss. All that significance a child would never understand. So wonderful and frightful at the same time. And then you go on to say about the playground area, how it was no place for adults without children even those who had once been mothers. And I thought that was so interesting because are you not a mother when your kids go away? Or like, can you not maintain that identity? Do you know what I mean? Like, can you not call yourself a mother? I mean, what do you think? I
1: think for Sarah, she felt that way because we wanted her to really emphasize this feeling of she lost that ability to be a mother for me myself obviously you're a mother forever and they need you no matter what even when they're you know 35 or and it's a different stage in a different place but she was it she sarah is in this space of who is she and she's not this she's not that she's experienced loss and trauma of some sort that And she feels that has been taken away from her as well, which we learn later on why and what what the impetus for that was. But no, not. It's more her and her reflection of her mind, really.
2: And I think it was also I mean, the way we felt about this particular, it was kind of like there's so much love that instant that Mm you become a mom or a dad. I'm sure it's the same. There's so much love, but there's also so much fear that that is born with it in the same moment that you didn't even know that you had. I mean, I d- definitely discovers parts of myself yeah. that I didn't know existed, oh. <laughs> and and it's you know in both for the good and the bad. But it's 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 an oh, yeah. interesting thing to ponder. Before I, I
1: had kids, I would jump out of a plane, no problem. It's like, <laughs> what? Jump off a cliff and crawl, a copy? Okay, let's do it. Now yeah. I'm like, oh my god, I can't even you know do anything without worrying. They're gonna not have a mother if I die. So it's just the whole your whole world changes in that instant. And so it's 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 interesting. And we wanted her to be vulnerable because I think a lot of people don't get it. They see these beautiful women who seem to have it all and everything seems perfect. And meanwhile, it's it's never perfect. No one has no fear. Right.
0: Yeah. I feel like I alternate my worrying between something happening to a child of mine or something happening to me. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. Right, like, right. Which is, yeah. I mean, anyway. Like, what, if, what would they do without, I mean, they would be fine eventually without, you know what I mean? They would be but fine. But still, I'm like, how could, I have to be so careful with me and yes, I have to be mm-hmm. so careful with them because... God forbid, you know, like, could I yeah. even? Anyway, it's my own neuroses. I <laughs> it's
2: could call anyone. <laughs> <with neuroses. laughs> you almost—it's like you need to suddenly a new method of how yes. you steer your mind to to the positive and right. not not and again, drown in that in worry moment. and and right yeah. Live yeah. in the
1: moment. It's yeah. hard to do that as as um, you know as a mother, but as a human being in general. But as a mother, it's even harder to just live in that moment without all the what ifs. Right. Yeah.
0: I've been experimenting with deciding not to worry about certain things and seeing if I can actually do that. I I had this like (laughs) flight that I had to, it had to be on time or it would be a big mess if I was late. And I was like, it's going to be fine. I'm not going to worry about it. I can't worry about it. I just can't. And I didn't. And it worked out. And I was like, wait, is this the answer? (laughs) Is it that simple? Like, oh, this health scare, is it going to be good news or bad news? I'm not gonna worry about it. It's gonna be fine, and it was yeah, fine. So
2: see, I, don't well, I don't know. I don't know. certain wisdom to know like when you can change things and when you yeah, can't, exactly. and when you can't, there's no point yeah. really. To yeah. But it's yeah. hard. It takes training. It I takes think. training. And, and, yeah. yeah. And then it might backfire because I could have easily <laughs> missed that plane. <laughs> uh, I think children are such a learning. I mean, they, yeah. they teach us so much. You know, the whole experience. So it's if you see it in that way, I think it's the and yes. it's the joy of life somehow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I actually, my heart went out to your character, Sarah, and I felt like there's so many moments I could relate to with her. In the beginning, she's looking in the mirror, sort of assessing herself and her aging. And I mean, what mom our age has not like had a moment Where they're like, oh, my gosh. Anyway, and she's looking at her body and saying, like, is that why I'm so upset? Is it my aging body or the wrinkles or whatever else? And says, was that really the problem? No, she could hide those changes under her clothes. Her eyes were the real difference. Those seas of blue sadness was nothing to hide behind. And she also thinks in that moment how she's feeling so trapped. How could she feel lost, trapped in her own home? So, tell me about that moment in the mirror. Is that again, is that did you guys have that moment? I mean, I know I've had
1: a moment like oh, that for sure. I
2: mean, definitely I've had it I,
1: uh, yes, I've had I mean, I've had it in a different way in different moments. and but it's funny because you don't notice the changes until it's like all, all of a sudden, one day you're like, oh my God, my stomach is interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many soul cycles I go to or how much gym or you know whatever and sometimes it's too much and people overdo it mm-hmm. to get back to what you were It's just not gonna happen you have to accept it and I think you know Sarah's struggling with that as well because and like we all do so that for sure was something I've experienced and and I think there's <laughs> we'll a deep
2: fear I'm, I'm, I don't know I've, I've had nightmares my whole life unfortunately I mean they're come and go but but there's a kind of a fear I think um, many have felt that that you kind of you don't know where you are Mm -hmm. and that I I felt like that it really fit with this Sarah has that feeling of kind of she doesn't she wakes up she doesn't really know where, where she is or who she is and that I mean, I can definitely relate to that. I've moved around a lot. Especially, <laughs> you especially. travel a lot. You kind of, sometimes you wake up, you don't really know. And if you're,
1: like, dreaming that you're your 25-year-old self and you wake up and you're, like, not, <laughs> it's a shock in the mirror. You're like, oh, wait a yeah. minute. That's not who I am. And even yeah. the fact
0: that she could tell that her eyes looked sad. I feel like sometimes you can't tell that about yourself. But right. she could
1: see it. Right. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I thought that was really cool. For me, my cousin in Italy, um, my parents are Italian. She would always say to me that I had sad eyes, or you know, my, you know, eyes sometimes showed sadness. So that came mm-hmm. to me a little bit when I was writing that, because I mean, my mother was a very difficult personality growing up, which is a little bit of why I'm interested in psychology so much, and and so I think I think our eyes really, the whole experience of our lives are in your eyes. Regardless, so regardless. Can, wait.
0: I want to hear more about what you just said about your growing up. And um, your, can you tell? Do you want to sure. talk any more about what? Oh no, no,
1: it's fine. Because I, I mean, I've, I've opened up a lot about it in the past in the past few years, especially. But you no, know, my mother was very mentally and sometimes physically abusive to both myself and my brother, more so to me. And I think that had a lot to do with the fact that she never really grew up. You know, she's almost very childlike, and we had to treat her more like the child than the parent. And my dad was kind and sweet, and and he tried the best he could, but he couldn't really manage her so much, so she ended up being very... Which is why I developed a love for books and stories, because I would read or go into the corner, and, you know, hopefully she wasn't in a bad mood today. And to this day, she's she's still that way, and so, so I've had to distance myself from her to protect myself. But... Does she know that she's like that? She, no. No, yeah. no. She, I mean, she, she's like mommy dearest, you know, like something will trigger and then all of a sudden she goes off and it could be anything and she'll never apologize or... But it's been quite scary, abusive things, like things she would say that would be just really awful. And so I I learned to cope with that as a child. And then as an adult, it sort of helped me in ways in, in certain aspects of my life because I was able to, like nothing shocked me. You know, no mean person at work or in my business could ever, anything they said, I would never flinched because it was nothing compared to what I dealt with as a child. And I think it also made me a, be- a better mother because I'm totally 100% the opposite of what she would ever be. And so, but I think that sadness is always in in me and in my, you know, eyes or my voice or the, the way I even, you know, relate in general to people sometimes because of it. And we all have something. Sarah had her trauma from her childhood, Toulon has her stuff that she deals with. Let's we go into too. Toulon stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
0: just get it on the table. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, of course.
1: Did you have a,
0: a um, similar experience Well, I lost up, my or?
2: father young, as a teenager. So that was, a, I, I would say that was a big trauma in my life. I mean, I moved around a lot, which was both beautiful in some ways as a family, but it was also hard. I changed schools many times. We moved to different countries, and it was very exciting in some ways, but also it, it is traumatic as a kid, I think, to... To to all your friends. Suddenly you you uprooted and and moved and and it was like in first grade and then in fifth grade uh, four, yeah, in fifth grade and then in sixth grade and then so it's yeah it's been many and then my father passed away when I was seventeen so then I, I realized that put a kind of a, I mean for good and for bad too I mean it was it's it was so difficult at the time but I also learned to really take advantage of the moment and 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 my family and and uh, I think. With my mother and my sisters, we became very close. But it's something you don't, you just learn to live with it. It's not, I mean, I still miss him. And then I lost my mother last year, so it's, oh. its that's been I'm really, sorry. it's been a year of very, while we were, while we were writing this, actually, it was, uh, it helped me, I must say, I sat up many nights. You know, kind of, she was very sick at the end, and I, it, it, it helped me. I was also far away, and she lived in Italy, and it was, but. It's, I mean, it's part of life. we all have loss, and, but I think you can it's an easier way to connect then and it's also I think it's a beautiful way to connect then on a more deeper level.
0: yeah uh, you could you could feel it in this book like that's why I kept asking, is this from personal experience? because <laughs> I just felt like there was so much real like there was so mm-hmm. much it just felt too real to be complete fiction as most I mean most novels come from some place, but still it just I'm not like surprised to hear. Not that I wanted to hear it, <laughs> oh, but yes. you could, I'm trying to say this in a positive way, that you could feel it in the book that it felt very authentic, despite Thank it being you. fiction. Okay. And I'm sorry yes. it came from a place of pain, but...
2: No, and um, we also want it, it's not, we all, there's a fine line between, you know, we all have maybe an infatuation with someone, or we sometimes don't know yeah. who we are, or so on, and then there's a... Course, there's another level where it becomes a psychosis or right. but but somewhere we can all connect and we yes. all have worries and, and, mm-hmm. and dark things and and I think if we can understand each other better yeah through and that's the beauty of books I think in art Absolutely. in general I completely agree. we can connect on a different level and can be helpful too to know that i'm not the only one feeling this way. i mean i know in my growing up too i asked a lot of questions always even sometimes just in my mind or just reading too it just really helps to know that <laughs> there's other people there are other people that that feel the same way I agree. that's
0: the whole thing is trying to make people feel not alone, right? right. i mean that's the worst is to feel such pain in whatever way and think it's just you. right? somehow It makes you feel better knowing that other people, it's like, you're not weird. Exactly. I don't know.
1: Especially certain times of the year, like this, during this time of the year, it's, you know, people feel much lonelier. And so you just really want, and sometimes what does that loneliness take you to? Who Mm -hmm. knows? So we wanted to really explore that part of it and drawing upon, you know, stuff that we've gone through
2: was helpful for sure. But we, but we wanted it from her perspective. So it kind of is a small, especially yeah. in the beginning, it's a kind of a small world. And we did that on purpose. It's yeah. not a touristy version of yeah. New York or so on. Yeah. It's her, how she sees yeah. the her city. daily life. At the beginning,
0: I was like, wait, I thought this was a thriller. Yeah, you because know, it was, I'm like, this is just like a scene out of my life. You know? We're just like hanging out in the park and like walking up Fifth Avenue. Anyway, how did you both bring your other jobs into this? I want to hear a little more about. Your investigative background and being a like a producer, how did you how did those lenses sort of inform the writing of this?
2: Well, I th- well, for my investigative work, I do a lot of corporate investigations on fraud and due diligence and internal investigations and so on. And I think it's just it, it's similar to the writing. I think because it's it's about well, like I mentioned, just questioning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always interested in how things work mm-hmm. and of how people, and especially people, what mm-hmm. what makes people. Tick, and and why do people do things? And it's kind of similar, actually. You just have to get behind people's mind, and and I love that. And I always put myself in this situation too, like what well, if if this is me, what how what, what, what how do I feel about this?
1: And also because we had Sarah had to become the investigator at at one point and to save herself. Mm-hmm. So we wanted, and that's helpful with Toulon's background and what the right questions to ask would be, mm-hmm. and and all of that. So because then it did become much more of an accelerated thriller at at one point when you realize something is awry. She realizes it at the same time we realize it as the reader. Mm -hmm. So, and we wanted that purposely so that the reader is on the same journey as Sarah completely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because of our back, well, my background as a producer and film person, which I've been doing for quite a while, and And fortunately and unfortunately, I was developing for about six years for the Weinstein Company, basically consulting on all their projects. And we wrote this at first as a screenplay because... and it reads very cinematic in many ways. So I think we brought that structure to our writing, which helps a lot because we see things Mm -hmm. in scenes visually. And even though it's a literary experience, you as a reader always visualize, and so we want that experience even more. So as, I think, a film person, that helped a lot. And the structure is just kind of similar to writing a novel, actually, writing a screenplay. It's just, it's kind of the bones, and then you fill it all in with the rest. <laughs> you know?
2: I think that's how we work together, because yeah. mm-hmm. working in two, we kind of, we thought through the whole story, kind of like a film, and then and then we took turns writing. So yeah. that's... Did you do different chapters each, or how did you? No, it was more organic. Like we right yeah. great for a big chunk, kind of. But, but we had the story together. We so knew that what we, the
1: twists were going to be, the plot points, and where we wanted them to happen. And then we filled in, you know, her life and journey and and. But it was it was always going to the same place. But so she, took, she took
2: on her own life. Yeah, I mean, as kind we arrived, of then yeah. Then, you kind of create a character yeah. and then they and then they, they take off kinda. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the the fun part of it. You you we, we set up the scene, let's say, and, and then we let her speak.
0: Mm-hmm. So are there plans for this to be a movie?
1: So yes, yes. <laughs> we, we've been working quite diligently on that. It was actually part of on the Weinstein slate mm-hmm. before everything happened and that whole craziness which was inevitable and I'm happy it did happen the way it did, but so now we have it with our agent who's brought it to certain talent who's interested in it, yes. and we'll have some news soon, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But yes, that it's either a film or it's a TV series, like a, yeah, like yeah, a limited limited you know, TV yeah. series, yeah. They're like all the best things are limited. Now. I know. <laughs> yeah, like, who even wants a movie? Well, because, yeah. because it's just a different world. Yeah. Nobody yeah. goes to the movies anymore like they used to. It's, it's true. very rare. So, yeah. and are you
0: two planning on writing more books together? Yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> are you already doing one? Yes, we are.
1: We are. We're, we're deep into the second novel, which is also, you know, a psychological thriller with elements of *The Woman in the Park* and about.
2: So sort of a parallel story, not yes. not not exactly a sequel, right? Just,
1: so okay. it's, it'll all kind the of
2: woman s- in the playground, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. A woman on the, the beach, right? yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: Yeah, no, it's the it. man on the reservoir. <laughs> <laughs> this <All> one <laughs> we, we we have yeah. a little bit of an ensemble here, so there's more characters, which and their experience as friends. You know, sometimes we think we know our friends, and and we think we know what's going on, and Really, we don't, and then it all culminates. We 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 have them on a trip together, sort of like a, a summer trip before their kids go off to college. Oh, nice. Yeah. Excellent.
0: You can, I can just like follow this through my whole life. I'm just going to go through all the life stages. As we get older. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll come back to you in like 20 years. Be like, Okay, I'm about to be a grandmother. I, I need a thriller about. Grandmother um, on the cruise yeah. <laughs> ship. Exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do you have any advice to aspiring authors?
2: Well, I would say write uh, and, re- and read a lot and write what you, what you like don't worry so much about what other people, but take yourself seriously, I think, in, yeah. in a good way, like in find the joy. And, and and I think the way it finds itself, like I've always been writing and, and there were times I was very frustrated about it, but then it's kind of like you just have to know I love this more than anything else, so mm-hmm. I'm going to do it either if one person reads it or no one. Yep. But this is really important to me. And and then it, I think the ways kind of open up somehow. And I would
1: say <laughs> read a lot of, like, your genre that you're going to write because that just trains your brain to write that way. And also go to places like BookCon and these conventions and meet people because in meeting people that are in the industry, they can ha- always help you to get to that next level as you're writing and, and doing your craft as best you can. Because there's a lot of room for a lot of voices and stories out there. And I think don't give up on like, oh, I'm never going to get it done, blah, blah, blah. Just really try. Excellent. Well, thank you ladies so much
0: for coming thank you and so sharing, sharing your, your own experiences. Us. Thank experience you. Reading the book. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much. Nice. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, the award winning podcast. Today's episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books was sponsored by Pediatrician in Your Pocket by Dr. Jennifer Trachtenberg, dr-gen.com. Enter code PIP20, PIP20, for 20% off of these can't miss modules that will make your parenting life so much easier. You can follow me on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing, and thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You can always email me at Zibby at ZibbyOwens.com.